ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk All Around Sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to the 120 to the 214th ever show of All Around Sports. Reach Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this week and what's coming up for the weekend. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsports, one word, Com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we will be joined later by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. Well, my highlight of the week was the beginning of the baseball postseason with the playoffs really hitting their stride today with four games going on for the next 12 hours or so. Game one already underway with... Uh, with the Blue Jays and the Rangers, uh, two to one Rangers, I believe, already in like the first inning. Uh, but you know, this ushers in really one of the best times of the year with seemingly just nonstop baseball games, and of course, mixing with football. The beginning of hockey, which opened on Wednesday night, and just about everybody got going last night, and uh, the NBA preseason as well. So it's just. Uh, one of my favorite months of the year. I always debate if October or April at the height of the playoffs uh, in basketball and hockey is better. My low light of the week was the Pirates getting shut out again in the wild card game. I grew up in Pittsburgh, as most of you listeners know, and it was just an eerily similar repeat of the Madison Bumgarner wildcard game last year, also in Pittsburgh. Uh, you know, the crowd was quieted, although, you know, they were getting up on their feet. Well, they were on their feet the whole game, but they were actually getting excited for just a base runner, period, if not even just an occasional getting ahead in the count against uh, Arietta for the Cubs. But it was so disappointing. I watched with a group of Western Pennsylvania people, and, uh, you know, it was just almost like when the Cubs went up one nothing in the top of the first with Ariad on the mound, I just, you almost thought, game over. And, in effect, it was. The Pirates did not score. Shut out again. And, uh, you know, the, only, the most interesting part of the game was obviously the benches emptying. Uh, after Arietta hit two Pirates, and the Pirates, Pitcher hit him, and it got pretty crazy there. And seeing, uh, I think it was Rodriguez for the Pirates beat up on the Gatorade bucket was priceless, <laughs> to say the least. Um, but again, deep, deep disappointment. As I've said in recent weeks, I really thought the Pirates were looking good this year. It's a shame. Pirates with 98 wins, Cubs with 97 wins, the second and third best, the most number of wins in baseball. And the Pirates are out after one game. It's, and it's just like the Yankees and losing their wild card game, it just seems like, uh, you know, were they even really in the playoffs, so to speak? So, again, disappointment still reigning in western Pennsylvania. Uh, but that's baseball. My bizarre story of the week, sticking with baseball, was watching the road team win every single playoff game so far. It's the first time. There's been four complete games. Uh, I should say games completed, not to be confused with complete games from a pitcher. Uh, it's the first time since 1970 that road teams have won the first four games of the postseason. But, you know, yesterday, Rangers over the Blue Jays, and once again they jumped right on them uh, in the game that started just about 15 minutes ago. Texas uh, had 2-1 to one over Toronto. Toronto, to their credit, Donaldson... Uh, Rangers scored two runs in the top of the first. Donaldson hit a home run in the bottom of the first to kind of uh, get them right back in it and 
at least send a message they mean business today. But uh, Rangers over the Blue Jays yesterday, Astros over the Royals last night in a rain-delayed game, and that followed, of course, the Astros introducing themselves to America after beating the Yankees in the, in the stadium on uh, Tuesday night to kick off the postseason, and followed Wednesday night by, of course, the, the Cubs blanking the Pirates. So now, as my former co-host, Lemont Williams from outside the huddle, likes to say, it's time to pay some bills, so let's take our break. And next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham of Bama Magazine. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine, from the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week. Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports, and I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show... The call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when we often have guests, and on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, Bama Magazine. A.P., how you doing today? Well, I'm doing great, John. Just, just getting ready for homecoming. Homecoming in Tuscaloosa? Yes, sir. It sure is. It's that time of year. I'm guessing that's a pretty big event. Yeah, a lot of people come back and they have a nice parade before the game and they have events all through the, throughout the week. There's a big pep rally tonight on the quad. The band will be there. The president will be there. The, Nick Saban will be there and a few of the players and they'll announce the grand marshal for the parade. Cheerleaders will be there. Big Al. It's, it's quite an evening. That sounds awesome. Um, yeah. So they're playing Arkansas. Interesting game, to say the least. I know last year those two played a great game, right? One point game, John. Arkansas had the ball with a chance to win, and they they kind of shut down Alabama, and the tide survived. I mean, that was the biggest scare of the of the year, probably for Alabama. So. You know, they're two physical teams. They like to run the football, north and south. And I think we're going to have that type of situation tomorrow. Yes, I, you know, Arkansas is a funny team. They're, you know, just, they're, they're just a dangerous team, to say the least. And, uh... Yeah, they're, yeah, they're up and down, John. I mean, this season, as an example, they had a loss to Toledo, and then 
then they go on the road and beat, and beat Tennessee. Uh, so uh, they're, they're, you just never know who's going to show up, you know, with Brett Billman's teams right now at Oxford. He doesn't have it going exactly the direction he would like the program to be headed, but he's, he's working on it. Well, speaking of teams showing up, Alabama showed up big time in Athens last week, huh? John, I I expected Alabama to win the game a close decision, but no one could have expected that thirty-eight to ten thrashing. The game was thirty-eight to three by the time Nicholas Chubb had that eighty-three yard run for a meaningless touchdown to, and got him over hundred yards. That was just an amazing performance, uh, to say the least. I mean, you know, even for Alabama, you'd have to call it a signature win, given, you know, how long it's been since they played in Athens. And, uh, you know, a couple weeks after the loss to Mississippi, and, boy, they just really, uh, you know, laid it on Georgia in a big way. And, you know, the entire state was just off the charts awaiting that game for gosh knows how many months. And uh, so I have to ask your first question. Was it raining as hard as it looked like it was on TV? It was at times, John. It sure was. It was uh, drizzling when I first arrived, and then there would be the downpours periodically during the game. But it didn't seem to affect affect the players, though. No, I I have to agree with you there. Uh, Watching on TV, it was, you know... Uh, apocalyptic looking at at points, uh, especially late in the second half, but uh, I'm sure you were glad to be in the press box that day, right? Oh, absolutely. I I called beforehand to check if it was an open air press box, and it was, but they said they have an overhang, so that protected us, and and it didn't get too cold, and uh, things turned out well. Well, hopefully it was a steep overhang, to say the least, because uh, <laughs> that kind of driving rain could have turned direction and come right in and soaked everything. So, But you stayed dry, right? Yeah, I yeah, sure did. I was I was concerned about that situation myself, that wind you got to blowing strong uh, towards the press box area. That, that would have created a, a scenario that was very difficult to manage. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, yeah, so, I mean, Alabama, you, you know, it feels like with one loss and the way this season is unfolding that, you know, they're still alive for the for the college football playoffs the way I see it. I mean, again, they just served, you know, serious notice that, uh, you know, they're here to stay. They're back. And, uh, again, just an amazing performance, you know, Jacob Coker played well, and uh, I mean the entire team did. I mean it was just a, a dominant performance. Yeah, John Alabama had that one loss to Mississippi, and I I think it was a good loss in the fact that Alabama can claim well we had five turnovers, but we still had a chance to win at the end. So all the marbles were, you know, in play against Georgia. Everything is playoff football for Alabama from here on out. Jacob Coker, 7 of 8 in the first half. He had some explosive plays. I think he had, during the game, four passes of 20 yards or more. It was a beautiful 45-yard touchdown to true freshman wide receiver Calvin Ridley. And uh, they've been trying to hit, hit that uh, connection for a couple weeks now, and it finally worked. Uh, Richard Mullaney, the transfer from Oregon State, he's he still keeps impressing me with his hands and his gritty play and his ability to leap in the air to catch the football. Uh, Derrick Henry had 148 yards, his career high, a nice 30-yard touchdown. Uh, the, the offensive line w- was, was good, very good. He gave Jacob plenty of time to throw the football. And then when he didn't, he was able to uh, escape the rush and get downfield with those long legs for some yardage. Uh, you know, so Jacob, he just seems more confident, John. He, he's looking around to his receivers, I think, with more regularity. And I, it, it's his team. I mean, I, I think it was a mistake to, to start Cooper Beckman against Ole Miss because I really believe Jacob Coker gives Alabama the best chance to win. 
and having said that, I believe that they can put in Cooper Bateman for a couple of series in, in the second quarter just to change things up and run some different type plays. But Alabama, the defensive front was as good as advertised. They, they hemmed up Nicholas Chubb. He had that one run for 83 yards, but he didn't get very many large chunks to keep, to keep tribes alive. That, that's the main thing. With any great runner, if you give him a 180 yard touchdown run, you could, you could survive that spectacular play, but it's when he, he gets those large chunks of yardage on, you know, second down and, and eight, and he's making first down for nine, ten yards. That, that's what will devastate a defense, but Alabama was very good. Marlon Humphrey, true, true, uh, he's a redshirt freshman, had his first interception at cornerback. Minka Fitzpatrick from New Jersey, a true freshman, he blocked a punt. He, he continues to play very well. Ronnie Harrison, in the, uh, freshman safety, he had another interception. So Alabama secondary is coming around, John. They're really progressing, really developing. Yeah, well, they did. They had a big game and a uh, great, great review of the game, by the way. The, um, and yes, the secondary, uh, you know, did make some plays and enough to cause Georgia to change quarterbacks, put it that way. That's always uh, <laughs> quite a sign right there. And, uh, <laughs> Yeah, so let me ask you, was the whole Athens experience uh, what you thought it might be? Was it your first time there? Yeah, my first time there in Athens, believe it or not. But, yeah, I really enjoyed myself. I I wish the weather was better so I could have walked around and enjoyed more of the the sights and sounds. But those, you know, we have great fans. They're very enthusiastic and they're pretty campus. Uh, the, the stadium match, so they were really charged up before the game. Herschel Walker came onto the field to get the crowd revved up, and there was a little situation before, before the game, John, that when Alabama players came out, the Georgia players, they were kind of jawing at each other on the sideline, so they had it separate, and I hadn't seen that many. I, I don't know if I've ever seen that in an Alabama game ever happen, to be honest with you, John, in all the years I've been following them. Wow. That's pretty amazing. I, it feels like that I did see a little clip of that um, somewhere along the line. So, uh, yeah, I mean, again, the, you know, and how many years had it been since the two schools had played? Yeah, they, they played, different John, the most the recent was the SEC championship, and that was the year All right. Alabama and Georgia were playing for the right to uh, go to the Orange Bowl or my, go to Miami and play Notre Dame for the championship. And uh, prior to that, they had a game over in Athens called the Blackout, where all the Georgia fans were in black. Uh, that was 2008, I believe, down over in Athens. And Alabama took an early 31 to nothing lead at halftime, I believe, and they hung on to win 41-31. Wow. So, geez, so Alabama basically, uh, you know, went in twice in a row in regular season and blew out Georgia in Athens between the hedges. Uh, even though it sounds like Georgia came back, but I'm guessing Alabama had it well in hand. But, uh, yeah, now is Georgia scheduled to come to Tuscaloosa anytime soon, knowing uh, they're, again, in separate divisions yeah, yeah. within the SEC? I believe that, yeah, I believe that's next year, John. They, uh, You have that rotation of about every six years or so, and I think next year Georgia will be in Tuscaloosa. Wow. That's a, that, that'll be a big one, too. Um, well, that's great. Again, you know, that, that game really had a lot of eyeballs. And really just a crazy weekend throughout the southeast United States, uh, you know, with the weather. I mean, you know, with what's going on with South Carolina and LSU moving the game from Columbia down to Baton Rouge and, uh, you know, the Clemson-Notre Dame game, which, uh, oh, by the way, was pretty interesting. Uh, but, you know, the weather there, I mean, it was just, you know, obviously all the, uh, you know, the residual from from the hurricane and uh, just a crazy, crazy time of which football was pretty severely affected. Basically the whole East Coast, but certainly along the Southeast, to, to put it mildly. Yeah, John, that was always the word when we were going over to Athens, what would happen if uh, that storm got moving across from South Carolina down to Athens. And uh, they were very lucky that 
it all turned out well for Alabama. But and even Clemson Notre Dame, they were able to finish their game. So, but this week there was so much flooding in South Carolina that there's no way they could play the game. Uh, maybe even next week that game it might be threatened. If they, I think it may be scheduled to play Vanderbilt possibly. Uh, that could be threatened as well. Yeah, it's pretty crazy stuff. Uh, you know, I just heard today that you know, all credit to LSU. They're giving South Carolina all the revenue, the gate, the parking, the concessions. Uh, I even heard as part of it that uh, the LSU band is learning the South Carolina fight song or whatever. And uh, right. you know, I, I just—it's nice to see, as we all know, you know, the SEC is just. Highly, highly competitive, probably the most competitive, uh, deep-seated rivalries in all of college football. But yet, when it comes time to do the right thing, you know, LSU is really stepping up, as is South Carolina. You, you know, Steve Spurrier, again, has, you know, I'm a huge fan, and uh, he, again, has just shown himself to, you know, make good decisions, you know, common sense approach and, you know, not get hung up on any football stuff, just early recognize, you know, that it's the right thing to do, period, end of story. And then LSU and, and Spurrier and South Carolina were just, have been completely aligned. It's a, obviously a very unique situation. Yeah, sometimes life uh, supersedes the rivalry, John, and people have to, Make make the right decisions, and, and Steve Spurrier and company they they did, and, and LSU they're following suit and being a good host. Exactly, exactly. Uh, yeah, it's just really uh, really nice to see. Um, you know, from again, you know, just the uber competitive SEC, and uh, yeah. Uh, and it'll be an interesting game to watch, to say the least. I'm sure that, you know, LSU fans are thrilled to have a game there and, you know, and, and uh, in their backyard. I mean, you know, getting an extra LSU game is uh, no small matter, to say the least. And, uh, yeah, but, uh, again, it's just really a crazy situation down there in South Carolina. And uh, the effects throughout the South last weekend were amazing. Uh Knowing you were in Georgia, I don't know if you had a chance to watch any of that Notre Dame Clemson game, but uh, that was a classic. And I've got to tell you, I mean, Notre Dame made a great comeback. All credit to them. That quarterback is money to a you know large degree of coming in as the backup. But I did think that their two point conversion was not very creative. It was just stuffed immediately. And I thought that was just a kind of a disappointing ending from a Notre Dame point of view. Yeah, yeah, John, I, I actually was driving when that game was going on, but I did listen, and I I was amazed that Notre Dame, under those circumstances, was able to mount a comeback and right. go right down to the last the last play, one of the last plays of the game. So credit to them, and I mean Clemson, if they went out, I mean that that's that's still a good loss for Notre Dame. Well, exactly, exactly. Well, it was. It was a classic. Clemson come out early, jumped on them. Notre Dame, to their credit, you know, uh, hung in there and, you know, did. They brought to the last play of the game. You said it perfectly. So uh, it was a good one, but Clemson comes away with a victory. And uh, like Athens, that was a hotly anticipated game for many, many months. So, uh, so it was great, but... Right now, AP, it's time for our break. We still have a lot more to cover on the other side. what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. 
you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific time 3 p.m eastern time on the voice america sports channel get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on twitter find us at voice america trn or twitter.com forward slash voice america trn You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports, and I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is one 1- 888-346-9144. Or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham of Bama Magazine. And, A.P., we were talking a little Georgia-Alabama football in the previous segment. Sounds like you have an update on the schedule for next year? Yeah, John. I was under the impression that that was a home-and-home. They, they let that run out, but they don't. They actually pick up Kentucky and it's just a, a one-game series with, with those other teams in the Eastern Division. Uh, Tennessee is the permanent Eastern Division foe for Alabama, but they rotate on the other ones. And so, yeah, it's Kentucky, and then the following year it's Vanderbilt. So it was my, my era. Okay. All right. Well, it's just good to see East playing West. Um, <laughs> right, right. And, you know, speaking of Kentucky these days, uh yeah, I've watched them play in a couple of interesting games this year with, uh, you know, Mark Stoops, I believe. Bob Stoops' brother is their coach, and uh, they've upped their game a little bit. Uh, they're now a bit of a force to be contended with, uh, especially at home. John, it's amazing. That Florida loss, which was at in Lexington, that's a pretty uh, significant performance for them when you lose 14-9 to to a team that's undefeated now in the SEC. Absolutely. It just, it really is. And, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think. I, I think I just watched the end of their most recent game. Oh, yeah, South Carolina. That's who they were playing. We were talking about them in the previous segment as well. And, yeah, not an easy chore, and I believe they did that down in Columbia. So, you know, Kentucky going into South Carolina and beating the Gamecocks on their home field is no small issue. That's pretty impressive, in fact. And so that got my attention a few weeks back. Yeah, yeah, that, that was the second game of the season. And, John, there's a big game coming up in Lexington on Thursday night. They play Auburn, and they can win that game. Wow, yes, Auburn. Boy, we haven't gotten to them yet, AP. I mean, they were predicted to be in the Final Four, and their quarterback there was, uh, you know, being heralded as a Heisman contender. And, boy, they've just fallen apart. There is no nice way to say it. No, there isn't, John. They, you were expecting the defense to represent a little better, and but the offense has just fallen apart. They, I never thought I'd see the day when a Gus Malzahn team had trouble scoring points. I think that's the biggest surprise. Right. Well, I, I think the country was unwittingly served notice when, uh, you know, they almost got beat. Uh in what would have been an Appalachian State-level upset at the time. Um, 
I think it was Jacksonville State, if I'm not mistaken, maybe the second game of the year. And Correct. It was a spectacular game. I mean, the game was right there for, for Jacksonville to win it. But Auburn, to their credit, came back and I th- and did win in the end. It was about as difficult a circumstance as you can win a game. But I know I thought, and I think most of America just thought, you know, okay, you know, they had a scare. And here we go. And they're going to be great. Uh, and that has not at all been the case. I mean, did they? What, what's the quarterback's name? Is it Jeremy Johnson? Correct, correct. And has he been yeah. benched? I, I know he was benched for at least a game, but is he like officially benched on for now? Well, there's some talk that they might bring him back uh, to play to, to start the game. So I don't think it's been officially decided. But yes, he was benched for the second string quarterback who's a freshman. So. They were really desperate. Yeah, yeah. I mean, their season's gone. I mean, I don't know what their record is offhand. I'm guessing it's something like, you know, two or three losses already, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, It's over. I mean, they're no longer, you know, in the Final Four hunt. Um, And right now, they'd probably consider themselves fortunate to be 500. I'm guessing where they sit today, it's just been... It's college kids. You never know. That's one of one of the lessons you have to learn. And the flip side of that is that's why I think you have to really respect, you know, programs like Alabama that are just pretty much good or great year in, year out. Uh, you don't see. Go ahead. I'm sorry. You don't see fall offs like that. You know. Uh, too often, but this has really been, you know, a pretty stunning reversal of fortune. Yeah, John, it's very difficult to, to to get to be a very good team, and then to maintain is even more difficult because you're you're getting all types of outside pressure and expectations, and and it gets into the young player's mind and. They start to concentrate on other things besides football. Correct. Correct. Yes, it is. Uh, it has been, again, you know, shocking, to say the least. Uh, looks like it's just going to come down where, you know, uh, barring something highly unusual, a turnaround of sorts, uh, you know, the only thing they're going to be playing for is to pull an upset against Alabama. Uh you know, at the end of the year in the Iron Bowl, that's yeah. that may be all they have to play for from here on in. That that may be the case, John. I mean, you look at their schedules at Kentucky, then you have to go to Arkansas. That's not an easy place to win. Ole Miss at home. They have to go to Texas A&M, who's playing very well. George Georgia, one of the top teams that they come to Auburn and they play Idaho. They can certainly win that game. And then, of course, Alabama comes to town the last game. So. There's quite a few teams, and they're ranked, and that's a tall task to start scoring points when you're having trouble and, and, you're having, and your defense is so suspect. Yes. Um, so, you know, the, the, game will be, uh, the game will be at Auburn this year, the Alabama game? The, at, at Auburn this year. It sure will. That, that's an advantage they have, but. That's a long way, and you just don't even know who's going to be the quarterback. Oh, exactly. Yes, yes. A lot's going to happen between now and then. That's for sure. Um, well, what else is catching your eye uh, in college football? Any any big games this weekend that are really getting your attention? Well, John, as you know, I was out in California prior to the season. I had a chance to to stop in Berkeley, California, because they have a fantastic quarterback, maybe the best in the country, uh, Jared Goff. And for the first time since 1950, John, California, if they win this game at Utah, they'll be 6-0. and Think about that, 1950. Wow. And they're both, they're both ranked. Uh, Utah's been spectacular this year, John. I mean, they took it to Michigan, I think it was the first game. And, of course, the people up in Oregon know all about the Utes. They put a, a beat down on them that hadn't been done since, I think, maybe the 70s, beaten by about 40 or so. 
and uh, they have a good quarterback as well. So I can't, I mean, I, I won't be able to see that matchup myself, but it'll be on TV. I'm trying to catch a replay or something because I'm really interested to watch California play Utah on Saturday night in Salt Lake City. Yes, that's going to be a great game. I've already seen one game with the California quarterback. Uh, a lot of us watched, of course, you know, Utah beat Michigan, and what will always go down is Jim Harbaugh's first game as Michigan head coach, and they ha- handled him pretty easily that first game. And given what Michigan has done since then, you have to even respect Utah more than you did after watching that opener. And then, you, I mean, what they did up in Oregon is still reverberating. I mean, it's, I don't know that any of us remember. I'll speak for myself. I don't ever remember in more than a decade at least anybody going into Oregon and doing that to the Beavers, period. End of story. I mean, not the Beavers, uh, but, you know, it's just been, it was remarkable to watch. So, you know, Utah is suddenly on the national scene and, uh, you know, they have to be taken very seriously. so, yeah, that, that, that's just going to be a great game. Jared Goff is now, the California quarterback, is now being viewed widely as the potential number one pick in the draft. He's emerging as the number one pro prospect, period. Yeah, he, he has a, a, a nice uh, presence in the pocket, John. When I watched him practice, I was really impressed. And his, his head swivels all the way around, looking for the receivers. He has the touch. He has the arm. He's tall. He has you know good feet where he can move around, escape the rush. He's just someone that says NFL all over it. Right. And by the way, it just hit me which game I had seen him play in, and that was the uh, now somewhat famous Texas game down in Austin. So he went into one of the toughest places in America, if not today, certainly for formerly and, and for many 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 years, even recently. Uh, and, yeah, that's the game where Texas scored what should have been the tying touchdown, and the guy missed the extra point, right, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah, but that's what happened. I mean, they had an incredible comeback, Texas did, that, that day. They did in the second half. I mean, Goff did his part. I think it was, you know, final was something that sounds like 43-42. Uh, so he rang up a lot of points, you know, in that atmosphere. And Texas played great. So, uh, yeah, yeah, that, that was a fun game to watch, to say the least. I mean, it was an absolutely stunning ending, uh, you, you know, with Texas celebrating after scoring what they thought was a tying touchdown and going crazy on the sidelines. And then, of course, their kicker misses, which nobody was expecting. And, uh, yeah, again, uh, the, that's a piece of footage that's going to, you know, hang around for a while, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh John, this game in Salt Lake City, I mean, these are the only undefeated teams in the Pac-12 now. California is the only undefeated team in the Pac-12? California and Utah, those are the only two undefeated teams in the Pac-12. Wow. I didn't realize that. Uh, Although I know even though they weren't undefeated, uh, Watching Washington, the Huskies, go into the Coliseum and beat USC last night was uh, was fairly amazing as well. And I, I'd say there's there's growing issues at USC. We all know what happened to their coach, Steve Sarkeesian, right before the year started at uh, that social event, and uh, now now they're three and two, and uh, you know the NFL hasn't arrived yet, so the spotlight is clearly on. Uh, on USC, they own that town when it comes to football. So there's issues, that's for sure. This could be a big story to watch. Yeah, it's interesting, John, because you know Chris Peterson's the coach of Washington, and he was former at Boise State. Well, he he lost the first game in Boise, sixteen to thirteen, but yet he goes down to USC and beats them seventeen to twelve on the road. Correct, and, and he succeeded Sarkeesian, right, at, at Washington? Correct, yeah. So here it is. You have the, the Power Five team. He beats, but he couldn't beat his, album, you know, his, his former employer, who's not in the Power Five. Exactly, yeah. A lot of twists 
you know, a lot of underlying factors watching that game last night. And, you know, it goes without saying, but of course, you know, Sarkeesian was at the USC under Pete Carroll. He goes to Washington. They have their moments during his time there. He comes back to USC and gets beat by Washington last night on national TV. So you know that that doesn't sit well with him personally. Uh, and the fact that it's second loss, a home loss, and the Pac-12 is obviously going to have the uh, Trojan fans uh, riled up, shall we say. Yeah, John, and, and Washington seems to have a pretty good defense because they held California to 30 and, uh, you know, held USC to 12. I mean, 30 in some places doesn't look like a good number, but in that league, to hold California is averaging about 45. That's a good number. Exactly. No question. Uh, well, AP, uh, yep, never a dull moment in the world of college football. Still a lot more to cover, uh, and we'll do so after the break. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America Interactive Radio Player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Check your feelings at the door and enter the Man Cave. Don't let the name fool you, because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Hosts J.D. Harris and Ray Austin are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the Man Cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I am your host, John Inglesby. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. Before we get going, I just want to say that my pick of the week for this Columbus Day weekend appointment viewing is Patriots-Cowboys, Sunday late, 4 o'clock or so. Uh, should be a good one as the Patriots come off their bye week and the Cowboys are, uh, well, they're the Cowboys. It's in Cowboys Stadium, so it's uh, it's going to get some serious, serious TV ratings, so... Should be fun to watch. I know everybody here in New England will be glued, to say the least, as the Patriots are just looking uh, awesome again. And AP, uh, speaking of awesome, the Heisman. We're now at that point in the season where, you know, you can start to talk Heisman. There's some candidates emerging, and, uh, you know, who are you seeing as, as your top Heisman candidates, uh, as we, you know, are here in the second week of October. Yeah, John, I think it's the Leonard Fournette. He's the front runner, and until uh, someone can can trump his three 200-yard games and, you know, take everyone's eyes off of LSU, uh, he's, the, he's the one that's going to win this Heisman Trophy, I believe. He's going to have another opportunity to play at home since they moved the South Carolina game. He, you know, he's averaging uh, an incredible 
8.7 yards per carry. Let me say that again, 8.7 yards per carry, almost a first down every time he touches the football, which is, I don't know how long he could sustain those numbers, but, it, but it, you know, he, he sets records so far by having those three 200-yard games in a row. And one of the other candidates uh, that's, that's still down the list probably is Derrick Henry of Alabama, He's played very well in the big game so far, 147 against Wisconsin, 148 against Georgia, and then they'll square off in November. So he'll have his, his moments to outshine Leonard Fournette, but uh, I don't know if anybody's going to be able to stop that LSU running back from winning this Heisman Trophy. Uh, some of the other candidates is Trayvon Boykin, a TCU quarterback. I mean, 30 to nothing in the first quarter against Texas. He had a fabulous game, five touchdowns, no interceptions, uh, over 300 yards. He's a top candidate, probably right behind Fournette at this point. Then you have Ezekiel Elliott, Ohio State running back. He had that 274-yard game against Indiana. They, they really needed his yardage to, to win out on Saturday in that close game. That was kind of a surprise. I thought Indiana would give him a good game, John, but I didn't realize it would be that close. And, uh, oh, nobody did. That's for sure. Yeah. You know, um, no, Ohio State's, you know, they've been in some, uh, close games, uh, to say the least, surprisingly, and, uh, you know, not what anybody was expecting, but hey, they, they keep on winning, and, you know, let's not forget they were the unanimous number one pick going into the season, so, you know, they're, uh, you know, they're going to have to lose to get unseated. I, I think I know that now they're not getting unanimous votes for number one every week. But, uh, you know, I think that, uh, again, they're going to have to lose before someone takes over that number one spot. And, uh, yeah, Indiana gave them all they could handle. And, uh, you know, that's the beauty of college football. But Ohio State, you know, they, they don't seem quite right. They really don't. Um <laughs> They seem like, you know, an upset could occur somewhere along the line. Yeah, John, they're struggling. Their schedule is favorable. Uh, Maryland at home, Penn State at home, Rutgers uh, at, in Piscataway, uh, Minnesota's at home. They're at Illinois. Big game, Michigan State, that's at home. Then the final at Michigan. So maybe those last two games... Uh, you know, back to back. That's where they're going to be really tested. Yeah, well, the Michigan game doesn't seem as easy now as it did before the season started. I mean, Jim Harbaugh, pretty amazing how quickly he's turned that team around. I mean, you know, even not even in the off season as much as just you know since the Utah game, uh, they're suddenly you know back to looking a little like and feeling a little bit like Michigan. So. Uh, you know, and then that, of course, they'll have Michigan State. So there are no givens in college football, that's for sure. And uh, Ohio State is finding that out, you know, in, in a big way. I mean, let's not forget, was it Northern Illinois that came all they could handle a couple weeks back? Right. And, yeah, and so. John, John, let's look at that Michigan game against Utah, 24-17 at Salt Lake City. Everyone has a healthy respect for the youths right now. So that, that loss is looking pretty good for Michigan. If, if they exactly. run the table huh, and Utah wins that Pac-12, I mean, Michigan could be in the, in the final. I know. No, it's just, it's, it's, again, remarkable. I mean, Jim Harbaugh, you know, uh, nobody gets results quicker than him. Period. It's just he, he is the new guy that can turn around the team quicker than anyone, you know. And the, uh, it just makes me think a little bit of Bill Parcells and how he was able to do that in the NFL. But I think in college it's even a little harder, and yet Harbaugh seems to be doing it in record fashion. Of course, let's keep in mind this is not his, you know, his first rodeo in college. You know, what he did no. at Stanford was also fairly uh, remarkable, to say the least. I think he beat USC early in his career when they were basically unbeatable. So yeah. he's <laughs> he's building himself quite a resume, that's for sure. Well, yeah, he's definitely a good football coach, John. Everywhere he's 
rejuvenated programs or built programs. He, he's a top-notch football coach, I, you know, I, I believe. And these next two, two games, John, Northwestern is playing tremendous football, and then Michigan State, they're both in Ann Arbor. I know those Michigan fans, they can't wait to see how, how the uh, Wolverines perform in those two, two games. Oh, I know. I know. Do you know offhand where the Michigan-Ohio State game is being played this year? Is it the Horseshoe or the Big House? The, the, the playing at the Big House this year, John. Oh, wow. So, best way to say that, that'll be the biggest game at the Big House in three or four years, easily. So, that's going to be a crazy atmosphere, as long as Michigan continues to win. And if Ohio State comes in... Uh, Undefeated. It just reminds me of you know, 1969 when Michigan <laughs> or Ohio State was considered unbeatable. Rex Kern, Jim Otis, Jack Tatum, and that crew. They had won the national championship when they were all sophomores, ten and zero, undefeated. That they ran the table their junior year. So they were basically you know on like a twenty game winning streak. Went into Michigan. That's always remember the name of the kid. We had this huge punt return, I believe an interception, Barry Pearson. I remember oh, okay. to this day, it was a stunning, one of the most stunning upsets in college football history, for sure. Oh, it most definitely wasn't, and it set up the uh, Texas-Arkansas game perfectly. That's it. That's it. That, of course, was also, you know, Woody Hayes <laughs> and Bo Schembechler, you know. I think it's the most famous game the two teams ever played, and that's saying something, since it's Arguably, you know, along with Alabama and Auburn, the best rivalry in college football, period. Um, I think so. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. They're, I think they're one and two uh, in either order. Um, but, yeah, well, AP, hard to believe. We've come to the end of the show yet again. Uh, a lot to talk about and a lot to look forward to, uh, as there is every season. But thank you for telling us uh, all about being in Athens for the George Alabama game and uh, and sharing your expertise on a number of other topics as always we love it John it's my pleasure I look forward to next week all right and as always thank you all for listening to all around sports and we look forward to doing it again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern time Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week.